welcome to part two. <laughs> the end of the last part was definitely at a cliffhanger. Um, I backtracked a little bit uh, at the start of this one, so you can gain some context again. But yeah, Diamandia continues with her ayahuasca story, and we get a glimpse into the darkness and the experience that she received from grandmother ayahuasca thanks again for tuning in so grateful for you as always and if you feel called please leave a review on apple Podcasts. After that, had one more round of the same thing, but it was a different animal. And then the shamans had come over and did this kind of like thing to me and to the girl to my left who was talking to Mother Nature. They did this like ceremony on us, just the two of us. But they had full bird heads. And I was scared out of my mind i was like great like our conduit in here has a bird head and like they're the devil essentially staring at me like staring at me and they knew they knew something and they could see like the dark and they were blessing me but they no mind you like they weren't wearing these clothes i was completely hallucinating these this garb they were wearing like normal like t-shirts and shorts. Oh really? Oh, I I totally thought they were actually wearing like. Uh... <laughs> no, I totally. That was all in my brain, and they didn't have bird heads on. That was in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, holy shit! Like, and I start panicking really bad, and I'm like, I I can't do this. Like, and then I'm like, I can't do this. Like, it started getting really like, really dark, and I kept feel like I was sliding down through the floor. Like I kept feeling like I was like sliding down to like a, like a sub level. Yeah. And I was like trying to like grasp on, but I was like trying to grasp onto like myself, like my own ribs and my own hip bones. And I felt like really bendy. Like I felt my arms and my legs felt really like long and very, like pliable. Like I was in full Lotus. I haven't done full Lotus in like five years. Right. I was in full Lotus with my head on the ground, <laughs> like hunched over. Like I have to get out of this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't, I, I'm not, I can't do it. And one of the facilitators came over to help the person that was in his shit on the right. And he had a bird head, a white bird head. And when he looked at me, it turned black his beak turned black and then his feathers turned black and I watched it and I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like, and I, everyone has a different experience and I'm, I'm in no way saying that people are going to experience it's 
your journey is based on you. Yeah. And so what you have going on and I haven't have a lot of shit going on. And I asked for this. So like I went in, I wanted this, not wanted it. I, I wanted to dump this. And this is what I needed to go through in order to get here. So when the other facilitators beak wet, I was like, I want this over with. That guy's like, I can't do this. But he was like, you can do this. This is like part of it. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do any more. Like, I can't do this dark shit. Like, I've been too much in the dark shit for so long. Like, I just, like, felt like I couldn't, I couldn't have pain anymore. And I felt like I was only in my, I was on fire at this point. And I couldn't, I wanted to stop. You know, and I had been such a person that was like, I can do anything. Like, I'm invincible. I was like, give me the lemon juice now. And they're like, there's no lemon juice. (laughs) I'm sure there was lemon juice, but I think Shane knew exactly what I needed to happen. And he wasn't going to let me just stop because I was scared. I was scared. Fear was the only thing that was preventing me from moving. Nothing bad was happening to my body. I was in no danger. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, there was nothing... I wasn't physically in harm. I was mentally scared of facing this, these things that I had been in, ignoring for a very long time. And they were, had manifested themselves in front of my face. And when he said, like, you can do this, that person turned into a dragon. And this dragon flew around the inside of the tent, inside of this tent hut thing. And the hut thing, like, opened up so it was a much larger space. And this dragon was fiercely pissed off at me, like ferociously. And the dragon came at me and I was like, this isn't real. You're not real. This isn't real. You're my like fear and my ego. And like, that's why I'm seeing this. And it was very like matter of fact, even though I was like scared out of my shit, like even though I wanted it over with, I knew that this was only like in my mind. And I was like, you have no power over me, essentially. Like, you are something I'm creating. And, like, when that happened, the dragon sat down next to me. And the dragon and I were just chilling. (laughs) We were just like, I was like, we're good, dude. And he was like, all right, I'll see you. And then I look over. And I hear the shamans are singing the song to me and they're laughing at me. And I get go even like, like deeper into a darker place. And I'm like really getting sick at this point. Like, and I like, it felt like something's like coming like out of like my like, the bottom of my body, like my, like the bottom of my like being. Whoa. It felt like it was being like pulled out of me. And I was like, Oh my God, like I can't stop this. You have rounds of nausea. You know, some people like shit their pants. Some people yeah. like violently puke. Like I hadn't hit any of those yet. And I thought I was like, I'm going to probably do it both at the same time. No, I mean, like I'm probably going to, it's going to happen at the same time or something. You know, I just expected the worst, but it, it wasn't like there was nausea. It was 
it was like something like inside of me had to come out of me. And it was from like the depths of my human body. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I was like, I'm done. I'm sitting with a fucking dragon over here. That guy's got a bird head. Like, someone's crying over here. Like, not. Like, I'm out. Like, I did it. And I wanted to, like, run away from it. And it just took over me. And I just, just threw up. Like, I intensely vomited, purged into my bucket. And the shamans were laughing at me. And they were saying, that's the devil coming out of you. And they weren't laughing at me. They yeah. don't even speak English. They didn't, weren't saying the devil was coming out of me. Like yeah. they, they live in the Amazon jungle. Like they don't speak the language, yeah. you know, like it was all in my mind. Yeah. And I just kept hearing them say, it's the devil coming out of you. Like El Diablo, like El Diablo, like and laughing. And I was like, fuck this shit and I remember like puking and being like oh thank god like and being done with it and just being like thank fucking god like thank god it's like done and I was like oh I'm done like it was like such this like relief of like like that purge was like purging everything that I was ever holding on to and I, when I threw up, I was just like, I laid back and was like, oh, God, thank you. Like, I'm fucking out of this. And that's when, when I laid back and laid down and after I puked, I like transitioned into this other space where I had seen the trauma of the suicide, you know, in real time for years replaying in my brain and I had been at a specific distance with that trauma in space so I had seen that my viewpoint was from over my own right shoulder always over my own right shoulder and like six inches above my head so like I was very close in that constant repeat it was like I was right here over and over and over again I could see myself I could turn and look at myself and watch myself and I could see everything else, but like, this is where I was in space. And so I went into another flashback, but at this time, the flashback was from like a crane height. And I was standing on the top of a crane and I was watching the trauma happen, but I was watching it from the top, looking down at the hotel. And it was like, I was seeing like little fraggles move across the room and I was watching everything happen. But like, I was like that big and I was so many thousands of feet away from what it was. And like that space was created. And once that I watched it once like that, my brain flipped into this massive game of Tetris, like a game board. It was like mission impossible three where he has like the glove and like the board and he can swipe the crimes and like navigate through like people I was playing a game board with every business model I've ever worked on in my entire career. And I would swipe through them and like, they were all titled, like it was like a giant video game. And I would like pull a piece of one and it was like a Tetris build kind of piece. And I would put it in the bottom 
And then I would like swipe and like pull another piece and like link those together. And then I would like swipe, swipe and grab another piece and then grab another piece and grab another piece. And then the bottom board started linking up. And then as soon as I connected everything, the bottom board like flipped into the top board and it was like, ching, ching, ching. Like I'd won, I'd won the game with all of these business models. They all just became this one block unit. And I was like, what the fuck? And then a voice told me at this point, I was laying, watching this game board on my back in this hut. And this voice told me that you've had the power the entire time. And then I looked over at my friend and was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Can we be done? Yeah. And that's it. And I remember being like, I can't move my legs. It's like my nervous system was like all a mess because of what had happened. And I like, I think it was like two hours later, I eventually got up to go pee and we went back to the room and I, you know, I told one, this one girl what happened with the bird heads and she, we were alone in the room and the only time that we left the room was for the next morning. All of us left at the same time to go to a closing ceremony because you all, you start the container together and you close the container together. And we all sat around and we talked about what happened. And I was the first one to speak and I couldn't speak. I just started bawling. Whoa. I just started hysterically crying in front of these people that I just met. And I was like, I couldn't explain to anyone what happened in the ceremony. I couldn't verbalize it. And I just said, like, you guys know I'm here to like let go of a trauma. And then I just started bawling and they were like, it's okay. And I was like, I can't even stop crying if I tried to stop crying. And like everyone started crying. And I like tried to articulate things, but I couldn't get them out. I was just like, it was so fucked up. And I was, you know, they asked me if I had any questions with the shaman. And I was like, no, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Brought my journal. And as people started talking about their experiences, things started coming back to me. And I started journaling, started remembering about the wolf and dragon. I, I didn't remember any of that before. And, and we get around to... G actually G was halfway around from where he started next to me and then he moved seats and ended up across from me. So it was halfway through like everyone talking and he was like, Hey, I noticed that you to the shamans, you know, inquisitive G is about things and like, it's one of his greatest qualities of like inquiring information from, you know, people more intelligent than or more in a different space than he is. So, he was like, I noticed that you were, went up to Diamandia and this other girl and you were doing this like sermon on them or this specific thing. And, and the shamans, they had a translator because they don't speak English and they don't sing songs either. Not the devil. Um, <laughs> so they had a translator and the translator said there was a tear. There was a tear in the, like the container that they had created 
and the evil spirits had been entering the container from behind where I was. What? And wait for it. <laughs> they, they were black birds. They were black birds. The evil spirits present themselves as black fucking birds. And I started getting hysterical at this point. And I raised my hand and I was like, I saw you. I saw this. I saw you with bird heads, black bird heads with, with orange and red eyes. And they, the shamans were like, you saw us like that. And I was like, yes, I did. And they're like, their faces look like my face. Like they were like, holy fucking shit. Holy shit. So oh I see like the black spirits enter and mind you, I don't believe any of this shit at this time. I don't believe in black spirits. I don't believe in fucking any shamans. Like none of this stuff is like of my part of my thinking. Like I don't, this isn't, it wasn't who I was and it was happening and there was no fucking way I could deny that. I didn't make this up. I didn't. Like it was my own brain that was seeing it. And I saw, and it wasn't just like I saw them once. I mean, I saw his head turn from white to black at one point. And then I saw it like, I saw like eight of them at one point, even though I knew there was only like a couple of them. Like I saw this happen and there's no other explanation between besides exactly what he said. Cause he came up to us because he saw the, the tear in it. And I was just so out of my mind about that. I was like, I didn't tell anybody. I told one person and she hadn't had a conversation. No one was speaking when we walked out the five feet from our hut to the room. No one was talking to each other. We're all like shell shocked essentially. So like for that to happen was just like, Oh my God, like something is something happened here. And I, I don't know what it was. And then the rest of the day, I, I couldn't, I sat in a hammock with my journal alone and I, a couple people came up to me that I didn't expect to. And they like said, if I needed anything, I would, they were there for me. But like, I just, I didn't know what happened. I was like, just stripped of everything and anything beliefs that I had weren't true. I'm seeing birds, head people head like people's bodies. I'm like, people are turning into dragons. I've got, you know, like I was, I was a mess. I was shook for sure. And I like, it was like everything that I um, was attached to was now even more so ripped apart, like internally. And later that day, we had to go part of this experience is like we had to go to a, like another village up the river and do Christmas for like underprivileged children who had no money. And we brought them like toys and we gave them gifts and we sang with clown and we had this beautiful experience of service. But like I was a shit show. Like I was like in my shit. And here I am trying to pour from my cup that is like, my cup is broken. 
it shattered <laughs> it was it was stomped on and <laughs> yeah it was and like coming I, I was just shot I was just I was just ripped apart and thank god you know like <laughs> I've never heard this story before. So for anybody that's listening, I am just in like my jaw is like on the floor because I was not expecting that. And so like, and this is a normal like this. Everyone is different. Like if yeah. you do every every single person that talks in that circle, like their journey was different. And like there were people that had love and babies were flying and like everyone's angelic and they were just like flying over the clouds like that was their experience and like everyone was different yeah. i showed up this is what i asked for this is what was it was delivered to me yeah for sure and like i've had i've encountered darkness for sure i've i have used psychedelics and psychedelic ceremonies and i've i can get into that in a little bit but i've encountered very dark dimensions um and I think the message for people to take away from this is that you're okay. Everything's fine. And you, you accepted what you could in the moment with that darkness. And you knew that it didn't have power over your free will. And it kind of like, it listened, it like subsided a little bit, you know? And so like, what was the, what were the lessons kind of that you took away or eventually took away like moving forward? So I should say that not only was I okay after coming back, I stayed in Peru longer. Yeah. Cause I wasn't done. And I came out 9,000% better than I went in. That's beautiful. So I would never I would never change that experience for anything. That's beautiful. So like I went and I got served my fears and it was terrible at points and it was beautiful at points, but like that had to happen. I wouldn't be here talking to you right now about this stuff or trauma or doing these podcasts or speaking about this scary stuff if I hadn't gone through this experience because it just showed me. And like another thing that's like super relative in this conversation is in my therapy, I, my therapist kept saying this phrase to me, like, there are dragons that you're going to slay. You are a slay, like a dragon slayer. You are a badass motherfucker and you have like done some shit, but you have got to understand that there are dragons that you have to learn to coexist with. And like I had lesson taught during Aya was I was coexisting with my four demons. Oh my I was coexisting with a dragon. I was sitting there like hanging out with my dragon and by like not crumbling and by acknowledging in my cognizant mind at that point in time that this was my ego and this was my own fear coming at me and that this wasn't real. That took away all of the power of this scary thing. And I didn't flinch when these, like I had four massive animals attack me and I, or tried to lunge at me. And I was just like, you're not real. This is fake. This is my own shit. You know, it was just like, and once that happened, it was, it, they didn't have any power over me. Yeah. And it really taught me that like, 
yes, like you are in charge of your own destiny, but it's actually your fear that's preventing you from moving forward and taking away the power of that fear is what's going to catapult you to the next level. And like facing the ugliest shit. I don't think everyone needs to go to Amazon jungle and do ayahuasca to get this done. But like starting the process of like communicating about things that scare you the most and like having the dialogue about that, it takes away the power of the insecurity. And like, can you open yourself up enough to be comfortable talking about the things that scare you and, and realize that once you do, they're not that scary anymore. And things still scare me all the time. And I'm, you know, I've been really good at pushing that down and being like, whatever, I got to do it. But like, it's not, I'm not pushing it down anymore. I'm like, just leaning into it and also like much more able to receive. Yeah. Coexisting with it. Yeah. Stop trying to like control it and just like live with that. And it, it doesn't really have any power anymore. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's the resistance to it that creates all of the turmoil with it. Oh man. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. That's the first time I've told that story. Really? Yeah, I haven't I haven't shared that on a podcast yet. Well, I th- that's it's it's so profound and it's so it's beautiful cuz I think that in our current culture, especially western culture, we're very conditioned to ignore and resist darkness and to strive for this almost perfection of light and and ignore the dark the dark's evil the dark's bad go for the light try to be the light but i'm coming to realize that like the darkness is what births the light like you have to be with the darkness in order to be the light and to become the light and turn the light on. And it's like, there's this quote, which I'll probably butcher. I I can't remember it word for word, but I heard Paul check talk about it. Uh, it's like all of the masters of heaven, their roots stretch down into hell. Yeah. And it's like, it's even, it's in, I, I'm a huge Marvel fan. It's like Dr. Strange, like, the the ancient one she pulls some of her power from the dark realms and it's like and like you said it's like it's like the intention that comes with it and it's like it's being with it because it's like the darkness and the light is what makes up this universe it's they go hand in hand and i've also heard someone talk about how they work together they're on the same team and well at sometimes we might try and separate it and see them as different teams both sides and both polarities are working together to create growth and to create progress. And the darkness is that catalyst. It's the catapult into the light. I've heard an, an analogy of like the rubber band analogy where you, you get pulled so far back into darkness that once the, uh, the rubber band and the slingshot or the slingshot analogy, it lets go, it shoots you that much faster into the light. And 
Yeah, that's I I just I'm mind blown from the the direction that that story took and I I commend you for being able to sit with that and to be with it and to accept it and to to ask what the lessons were because that's all that the darkness wants. It wants acceptance. It wants to be seen for what it is and it it truthfully shows us where to go, you know. Yeah, and I I think that there is no light without dark. So you're like exactly what you said, like you're only as bright as your darkestness, your darkest parts. Yeah. Embracing like your imperfections is the most beautiful thing that you can do. Cause it's what your imperfections are what defines you as a person. And how do you like navigate the coexistence with them to use them to catapult you? Like if you don't acknowledge them, you don't do the work and if you don't, like accept that darkness, you're never going to go any further because you're going to live in it. It's going to overtake you. But if you understand it, then it, it pushes you out of it. Yeah. And I mean that perfectionism in itself is like another, like you can do another podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. We could, we could do plenty of podcast episodes. I think we have, we have themes for days. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's surrender, right? That's, that is opening the cage. That's, that's surrendering to what the universe is and what it has. And when you open yourself to the half that you've been ignoring for so long, that's the full scope of what infinite love is. That's the, that's seeing the divine in things that we've been taught don't have divine in them that that is seeing that that god universe whatever you want to call it source is all it is everything and un until we are willing to to accept that within ourselves and then that gets reflected into the external world we're going to stay in the cage we're going to we're going to stay closed off to to what the universe really has to offer. Totally. And we hear the negative so much stronger than we hear the positive in our own mind. Like there is a dark, someone on one, one shoulder and there's light on the other shoulder. And which one are you letting win? Like, which one are you listening to more? Like you've got to say the positive things to yourself. If you're going to listen to the negative, stuff about yourself like you have to keep that stuff checked and balanced yeah absolutely and it's like i'm starting to really see how it's all an exercise to create awareness around free will and that we don't have to be influenced by the things that we think are influencing us like you you can choose what to listen to you can choose to hear those that like you said the the devil on the right shoulder and the, and the angel on the left shoulder you can hear them both talking and discern and listen to which one you want to believe and want to you know embody basically and some people come into this world and they embody the dark and that's something that we have to accept 
everybody's playing a role. And especially now in these times, I think that we're going through and what we're witnessing break down in society and in government and in starting to understand this matrix of lies and illusion and and false reality kind of that we've been fed for so long waking up to that is seeing that the people and the and the forces that that created that and put that into play are just as divine as the ones who are working against it who are who are balancing the other side out and that's recognizing the divine, you know, that's just, that's, that's what is making itself known right now. And so I think being able to accept it and to sit with it and to coexist with it is, is the lesson that we're going through right now, you know? Yeah. Existentialism at its finest. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so We've gone for a while. Well, I just want to keep this going for a little bit longer. Yeah. How, because I, I think the most important thing with ceremonies like that, with healing trauma, unlearning conditioning, whatever it is on a path to, to, of healing, is the integration, is the awareness that's created around what then is asking to be embodied and asking to be, you know, lived out um, in order to create that that best version of self. And so what was the process of integration like? You know, you said you're, you were still even a week ago finding downloads around the symbolism of it all. And so like, what was that process of, of integration like afterwards? It was like a shit show. No, <laughs> it's like I came back from Peru in like a body bag, I feel like, like... I was chopped up into all these bits and pieces and put in a trash bag and I was shipped back to the United States um, mentally. And I didn't, it's not, there was no instruction manual with this process. I want to say that they didn't really provide us because there's no way to explain because everyone's different. Like what we were taken out of like this traditional world of like, things that we had created of like, you know, work and like satisfaction through external validation and like, you know, striving for perfection and all this stuff. That's how we were programmed. And then we went there and like jumbled all of this stuff up and like spit it out. And then we had to come back and, you know, they did say like, just go slowly with re-entry back into the matrix. Like <laughs> just be kind to yourself. And like, I don't think anyone came back and was like, totally fine. You know, I was completely deprogrammed. Everything that I thought was super important to me, I could give a shit about. I didn't care about work. I mean, I needed money to live. And that was the only thing that I like, I understood that at that point in time, but like it didn't, there was no sense of urgency or value to me to it. I was sitting in meetings being like, this is the dumbest thing I could ever have to tell. Like I didn't care about any of it. I, and I came back and I, you know, I had stayed longer and I felt like I had, I finished 
what I had kind of felt like I was doing. You know, I felt like I was like, I closed the, the package of what I emotionally thought I had to accomplish. And I, I felt very satisfied with what happened out there. Yeah. And then when I came back, I was a completely different person. And I had no idea how to talk about what happened. You know, I remember walking to the door of my roommate being like, how was Peru? And I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, uh, he was like, what? I'm like, I had to ask people to talk to me very differently. Like I had, I needed people to be very specific. Like I couldn't talk generally. I needed them. I was constantly returning to the statement. Like, can you be more specific about what you're asking me? Cause I couldn't like all the gray was gone. And I was just like, very in the focus point yeah so like my language started changing and then i went to la to altar call met you and you know i was on this crazy i didn't know what the hell was going on like i just had this spiritual awakening and now i'm in another transformation thing and it was just like I didn't have anything else to change at that point in time. And I remember that being a part of the conversation with, they asked us on like the first day, I was like, what is one thing you would change about yourself? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like I need everything to stay the same for like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing changes. And I, I remember people being like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll explain later. But like, I don't think I'm like superior. I just think that like I'm jumbled jello right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I need everything to just figure itself out. Yeah. But you know, even on that experience, it was very clear. Like I noticed internally how I connected people was immediately different. It was, I knew I was going to connect with people before I talked with them. It was like very different for me. I noticed like four or five people in that group, for example, that like, as soon as I like looked across the room, I was like, well, we're going to fucking be best friends and we'll be friends and we'll be friends. And you were one of the people, Melissa Six was one, Jenna was one, Ovid was one. And like, it was just like, I didn't even talk to you guys yet, but I was like, yep, 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 yep. And I was pretty good with intuition at the time, but like this had like changed my intuition level. And it changed like my like vibration about picking up on other people's vibration. It and it was something that I I'm noticing more and more as I go through this process is like like I'm an empath. Like I am such an empath and I had no idea about that. And it's I knew about it kind of a little bit in business sense, but like it's like dialed in now where I can tell like right when I meet people, like that's like that someone that's going to be around for a very long time. Yeah. You know, and I also the opposite, you know, I immediately acknowledge people that I, I know that aren't going to be around in my life. And I just can move forward without that. Like 
it was very strange to even say this out loud right now. It's just your vibration changes when you start, you know, really dialing into this stuff. And it's, I'm not saying this in any way out of like arrogance. This is very scary thing to admit to because there's no scientific fact for me to be like, you know, this gamma ray that we both have, like there's no, I'm just literally spouting off of like a feeling that I have when I immediately meet somebody and that's it. That's all I got, you know, and it's been very clear in the relationships that I've had with people have been like dialed in. Like the people that are very important to me, like those conversations have become very dialed in. Yeah. There's less, there a lot less superficial things going on, and a lot more intention-driven, like alignment, in every aspect of my life. So, and with work too, you know, like my job, I was let, I was let go during COVID, and I didn't even like that job. You know, I had no attachment to it. I was just like, whatever, it's really paying me well, and I don't care. But like that opened up opportunities for me to work with people that I do align with. And I do that do have like the same intention and they're building businesses in that way. And so, you know, that door has like closed and then all of these other things have opened up and it's, it's been really scary, but really amazing at the same time. And, you know, leaning out of my traditional thought process and letting things kind of become attracted to what I'm doing and how I'm living has like changed the game for me. Like business, humans, people like that. I just, you like this, like this is, you know, think about what has happened. And then we met in LA at a thing and now we're doing a podcast about it. Like it's just, and we both have gone through, like we both changed our lives dramatically since January. Yep. Like, but, and I can't say anything from our exchange other than like what I just explained. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not insane, but it's, it's pretty hard to verbalize. Well, yeah, definitely. And it's, it doesn't, it's hard to comprehend because we're again, so conditioned around like the mind and the intellect and seeing proof and, and following the the logical path that makes the most sense through reason but i think the whole spiritual journey and and really embodying that spiritual identity is exactly what you said it's it's moving from a state of like into like deep knowing you know and and like following being able to to trust that intuition and that feeling and like you said, the fear still pops in, it still pops up, and you coexist with it, you see it. But because that knowing is untouchable, and and you just, it's like the capital K knowing, like you just know that you can do anything, and that you can get through anything, and that you can attract what you want, and that the universe provides and there's abundance and this, this scarcity, the story of scarcity that pops in is just that it's a story and you can choose to believe it or you can choose to believe the other story. Yeah. And it's based on love and it starts with self-love. Yeah. 
like all of this is based on loving yourself enough, saying, thinking that you're enough, thinking that you're worthy of this, and then projecting that love outwards towards other people and watching them engage with that or be petrified of it. Yep. Petrified of it. And like, you know, I've had conversations with people where just recently where they were like, you know, explaining something to me. I'm like, it's totally fine. You were like, it's like watching me three years ago. Like I had no like judgment. I was just like, you're, you're just not, you're not there yet. I totally understand. Like, yeah, just don't be, don't like lean into the sphere, embrace it. Yeah. You know, it's just, you can see the, your struggles and other human beings, like, different versions of it it's just like wow those are the yeah that's the reflection that's the mirror it's like everyone i love the quote everyone is you at a different stage of your journey yep it's it's so beautiful and that's to take the conversation full circle that like what you said you know changing jobs transitioning that's exactly what i'm going through right now covid and quarantine brought on a lot of growth, a lot of a lot of introspection, a lot of reflecting on what my heart is called to and what has beliefs I've held on to that limit me and and really opening that cage and stepping into the the path that is going to allow me to to keep it open and to be of service and to to reflect that love outwards, you know, it's that, it's that stage. It's that, it's that next part of the journey of like that full embodiment of what's possible for me. And, oh, what a conversation that was amazing. I'm so, so excited for people to hear this because that has so so many gold nuggets in it. And thank you so much for for sharing all of that and and getting vulnerable about it. And I know that we'll do plenty more episodes in the future because we just have so much dope shit to talk about. (laughs) So much to talk about, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm very, very grateful for our friendship and our relationship coming out of that altar call weekend. And clearly, we both followed our intuition there. And it's given us things that we didn't even think were going to happen. Yeah, I agree. It's so cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I look forward to doing this again. Thank you. Thank you.